0: You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Yurasimos.
1: What's up, everybody? Yes, this is a different voice on the intro. I'm doing the intro today. Okay, Joel's taking a little break. But welcome back to the Here for the Truth podcast. Uh, we got episode 125 coming at you uh, with two incredible human beings and uh, Two people that I'm blessed, uh, that we're blessed to call friends of ours, people that are doing amazing work in, in the world, uh, Alex Zek and Mike Winter. And we brought them on this time because they have a, a pretty incredible event that's coming out in about a month called The End of COVID. And they have 90 speakers that are going to be uh, talking about different elements of the last three years and, comb- and combating the lies that uh, we were faced. So it was a great conversation of four friends uh, covering a variety of topics and uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. But first off, we just want to let you know that our sixth round of Rise Above the Herd uh, is open. Applications are available. Uh, it's our program that we've been doing five times already, and it's really geared towards truth seekers that want to take their life to the next level, that really want to embody who they are on the deepest levels and 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 live the life of, of their dreams and and be empowered and be confident to speak their truth and go out into the world. And so Uh, We're really excited to be offering it again. All the information is available at riseabovetheherd.co. You can check it out, read our testimonials, fill an application, and then get on a 20-minute call with us. So if you're interested, check it out. And uh, without further ado, uh, here's uh, Alec and Mike.
0: Damn, bro. That was a dope intro.
1: Oh, cool, bro. All right, let's get
0: to Mike and Alec, all right? All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 125 of the Here for the Truth podcast. We have a couple of brothers, a couple of legends in the house, both previous podcast guests. Alec, this is your third time. Mike, this is your second. Um, and we're here to really highlight um, an incredible creative undertaking that you've both been developing over the course of a few months or longer and getting ready to launch the end of COVID. And I'll just explain to those listening briefly what that is. And you know, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a ninety session coming together to educate the public on a mass scale about everything that's transpired over the past three years and so much more. The end of COVID will cover everything from electron microscopy to masks. It's going all the way back to the origins of the germ theory of disease and touching on every so-called pandemic up to the present. Exposing the granular details of these concepts to the masses is the only way to put an end to the fictional reality show once and for all. Guys, like whoever wants to start, but like, where was this idea
2: first born from? Where was this sprouted? How did this come into fruition? Yeah, I can start. So, um, yeah, first, thanks for having us. Awesome talking with you guys you two are like two of my favorite people to talk to and I kind of like one or two so this is going to be good to,
3: <laughs> to have you not before. sick you're not sick of me yet bro <laughs> shut up no
2: I love you <laughs> We're like um, eight hour
3: meetings every day
2: <laughs> but uh so the idea for the end of COVID honestly came about around a, a, a little over a year ago um I started noticing the mainstream position shift quite a bit and what I mean by that is the mainstream really started allowing into the conversation this idea that there was a gain of function virus. And
0: the hey, reality Alec, is Alec, let me yeah. stop you
2: there because I hear this no. term
0: gain of function all the time. Uh-huh. And like, I barely know what it means.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, gain of function virus is essentially the idea that you can take something from nature a naturally occurring pathogen and manipulate it in certain ways to make it more lethal and more pathogenic or one of the two right okay. and this idea was now i've come to the position that it was cleverly inserted into the mainstream at the very beginning actually because if we remember back to the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020, for those who were paying attention a little bit prior to the, the widespread uses of usage of masks, uh, you know, lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. There was talk in the mainstream that there's a lab in Wuhan, like gain of function uh, research is risky, but we need to have more regulations on it. And even at the very beginning with this so-called new virus, there was talks in you know the New York Post and other mainstream news outlets that there's uh, that this virus likely came from a lab or that it maybe came from a lab, right? So the the point is they inserted that narrative into the the collective psyche at the very beginning, mm-hmm. but then did this switcheroo where that started to gain traction and then they put a squash on it after the mainstream had shared it a little bit, just enough to where it's like, Oh my God. And then you start seeing the imagery of people dropping dead in China and all these things. And then they also kind of put a squash to that. So it it seemed like for those who were aware to certain degrees of the, the, corruption of the pharmaceutical industry and, and like how the government lies to us. And I bought onto it at the time too. Like, Oh my God, they actually successfully created a bioweapon in a lab and they're covering up the truth, right? Like now because they started censoring it pretty early on, but they inserted it at the very beginning, just enough to where it caught most people caught wind of it. Even like so-called normies, if that's what you're to call them people who weren't didn't believe any of of the, or believe all of the, the mainstream narrative still had lingering in the back of their mind this idea that oh there's a lot of conspiracy folk that are saying that this could be a gain of function like man-made bioweapon virus, right? So all that very, to say very, very clever
0: seed that was planted very timely and for very, very specific. But this was this was up against the bat soup. Yeah. yeah, this this so is the only opposing yeah. alternative to the most ridiculous proposition <laughs>
3: yeah. which could have been well, that. Yeah. and that yeah. plays into the dialectic, right? That's what yeah. they are. Uh, that is their strategy that they've always used and the Hegelian dialectic, which is their ground, it's like their basic when I say they, let's define they, right? Um, those who are uh, the controlling factions of society, right? Yeah. The ones that are pulling strings from the top, the round table groups, etc. Hegel the slave master relationship is the basis for reality that they, you know, that they consider that is the fundamental ground level of how they see reality. And so they play upon that psychologically all the time by giving you two options to fight amongst left, right, you know, blue, red. So that is what's so brilliant about this operation and what they've been pushing through the po- political sphere and the media and everything is you've got two options. you got either it's the gain of function or what we like to call gain of fiction. Ah, uh, but gain of function or zoonotic spread, right? Which just means coming an animal cross-species virus that comes from an animal into another species, which also is completely ridiculous and goes against all ways of natural order. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make, yeah, it's interesting how they're always playing that game, right? They get, you get two options. Yeah, yeah. Joel or your
1: Joel or your Rassimos. That's it. You only get <laughs> you like those, the other. <laughs>
2: Valley, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah. So like it's the Hegelian dialectic mixed in with like a a contrived Overton window and the Overton window is like the accepted discourse amongst society. And it's like you have the, the mainstream position is that it was just like Mike said, this zoonotic virus that jumped from a bat to a pangolin to a lady eating bat soup, whatever the hell that is. To the other end of the spectrum in this this tightly controlled spectrum of, oh, all the conspiracy people think that it's this. And there's a lot of voices raising concerns about that. And then, of course, like the eco health Alliance stuff and and of, of course, people talking about how Fauci funded it, and then University of North Carolina was originally involved. and they moved it from North carolina to to Wuhan, and the u s. was still funding it secretly, all et cetera, et cetera. And it's like this this window, that is completely artificially contrived but but the point is it's it's the approved paradigm of conspiracy correct it's the exactly and and what i saw happening in 2022 is that that narrative started to gain more mainstream acceptance and it was like oh my goodness they're fainting a release of the quote truth right? Mm -hmm. Like they're making it seem like they're admitting what really happened. And then of course you fast forward a few months, the FBI director came out and said, it is likely this virus escaped from a lab. So then what situation do we have? We have all the, um, all the most popular, uh, pundits from the alternative side, then shouting from the rooftops, it was a gain-of-function virus, we were right. And it appears that they were vindicated. You know, these were people, many of whom were, were censored for talking about gain-of-function. And then the mainstream is now admitting it, and it looks like a release of the, quote, truth. But but all that does is, is set us up, us being just the collective, us in a very general sense, up for future nonsense to continue. Because as the mainstream position becomes so ridiculous that no one could believe it at this point, people are then latching onto the prevailing alternative perspective. And the prevailing alternative perspective seems like it was vindicated in that they were correct that um, you know this was a gain of function virus. But what that does is that it allows the germ nonsense paradigm to perpetuate into the future with actually worse implications. Because mm-hmm. the if, if you take the two contrasting narratives that there's a zoonotic virus that is a one in a gazillion chance that jumps from a, from a bat to a pangolin to to whatever versus a a group of mysterious men that you don't know that are like mad scientists in a lab that are taking the natural version and trying to weaponize it in a way to, to release upon society. And that's the, that's the side that the alternative community is taking right now that allows the germ nonsense to continue into the future. And what, we're presenting in a very, very deep way. Um, let's get to that in a second. But th- that was the idea. I saw yeah. this happening, so I, I called Dr. Cowan. I was like, "Hey, what what do you think about doing an event to 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 really bring all the terrain minds together under using COVID as a Trojan horse of sorts? Because it's like it's called the end of covid but it's it's so much more than that yeah. like it is so deeper than that i, I want to clarify something so is your position that like a bioweapon cannot be created or cannot exist with it, so so i want to be clear in my communication here i i don't i don't want to claim with certainty that they can't weaponize bacteria and things like this like mm-hmm. i would argue that it's very likely that it's hard to do that one but, but, and, but two, it's, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how our bodies operate. And, and Mike, you're, you're so knowledgeable on that piece. But just, just briefly, with respect to the virus side of this, it is completely impossible. You cannot weaponize something that has not first been shown to exist or to cause disease in the first place. Viruses have never been shown to exist, never been proven to be disease-causing. And in fact, disease being passed from the fluids of a sick person itself is completely unproven so so that is context this idea that we can weaponize something in the lab and further this idea that because there's money going to somewhere in a lab calling that quote proof that they're creating a bioweapon absent of actual proof and we go into the so-called gain of function experiments on viruses very extensively in the end of COVID. So within that context, no, not possible. But when it comes to bacteria and stuff like that, Mike is very, very knowledgeable on that front.
3: Well, so I guess, and this is a good sort of um, reason, you know, a good way to explain why I came in, a segue, if you will. Uh, So I'm involved with Alpha Vedic, right? Right. I'm one of the partners in there. And uh, I've been fortunate to know Dr. Bear Paul Lando for a good amount of time. And you guys, of course, have interviewed him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he is a true legend. And so I've known for a very long time about the true nature of viruses that they're essentially as he called them just particles that they've confused as a pathogenic um, entity, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, but we have. And so that being said, we've been talking about this online and out in public way before um, the whole COVID nonsense. So uh, Alec was aware of that. In fact, Andrew Kaufman was inspired to look into this when COVID started through our Bichamp versus Pasteur series that we did on YouTube. He wasn't even aware of the germ theory sort of history and narrative until he watched that, which I take great pride in in that because he is one of the, you know, standing champions for this truth. So, that being said, in the past we have discussed this very topic around bioweapons because obviously we know the intelligence sector and the military-industrial complex has been at this for a very long time. and we've covered uh, an alpha cast specifically on Lyme disease. and the understanding that very potentially could be a bioweapon that was released. and that vector is sort of an insect. So we must remember the body has specific protections, right against natural uh, insults uh, from nature. and that is of course our our epidermis, our skin, our skeletal structure. Uh, we're designed perfectly, right? Of course, the mainstream wants to uh, always get across this narrative that genetically we're flawed and that we come out, we can come out messed up, and that nature is always failing and we need technology, et cetera. So what they need to do is they need to figure out a vector to get through our natural defenses, to infect us with something. And we do believe that potentially bioweapons have been created to be using a vector like a, like a tick, right? That is a potentiality. Now that also is not been soundly proven. There are theories around that. And Bear yep. has seen them in his lab. And he's actually, in that AlphaCast. we talk about how he came down with Lyme disease and he wasn't even bitten by a tick. Mm-hmm. So, So very, very interesting. Um, So this idea of transference causing illness between people is in many ways still a mystery. It really is. And there are theories out there. But the scientific method, if we go by that, has never properly shown or proven that that transference is through a material particle that goes from one body to another to cause disease. So in terms of the bioweapon, yes, using an insect as a vector is possible, using radiation and other ways that are toxic to hurt people through toxicity, through poisoning. Yes, that is a way definitely they can do. Now, of course, the term bioweapon is biological weapon, right? Using biology. So uh, in terms of like bacteria, Mm -hmm. (laughs) bacteria in itself is inherently intelligent, right? It is not something that is easily understood still by mainstream science. They don't even understand or they won't admit to what we call the pleomorphic cycle, which means that bacteria actually goes through an evolution of different forms depending on the uh, terrain or atmosphere that it's in. And it, and we have theories, and we'll be doing an alpha cast on this, uh, that Bear is putting together, that they actually are independently conscious and uh, have a mind of their own and um, can do a lot of amazing things, including pleomorphically going back to the little spark we call like a protid. That is the spark of life that's indestructible. So whether they have been able to you know, somehow biologically engineer that to hurt someone, that would require essentially really, really cutting edge I don't know, genetic manipulation that I've never seen to happen. One, because their whole theory of what DNA is is seeming to be fraudulent and wrong. And two, um, they don't even understand how bacteria works, at least in what they admit in their papers. So for them to say that they've been able to manipulate that into a weapon doesn't make sense because they're literally explaining bacteria in a totally wrong way. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. And uh, we've been covering it for years with Alphacast.
1: Yeah, real quick, I want to say, so when you see on the news, when you see on TV shows and in the movies, like everyone that works in virology and they're wearing all these outfits and tubes and make sure that they don't get infected or exposed, like in your opinion, are they doing that based on just the false premise, thinking that they're going to be exposed to something? So it's yes. all ultimately at the end of the day theater.
2: I So th- th- this is a really good question. And I've thought about this quite a bit. Um. Just based on my and others' interactions with virologists and molecular biologists on Twitter, and 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 just the the i the, the understanding of what's gone on the last three years with respect to so-called agents of the state, or just doctors in general who genuinely believe what they're doing, despite it being on a false premise, I think the same applies to virologists, molecular, molecular biologists, et cetera, et cetera. They genuinely believe what they're doing. They genuinely believe they're working with pathogenic particles in a lab. And on the gain of function experiments specifically, doctors Sam and Mark Bailey go into extensive details for a session during the end of COVID covering the known quote viral gain of function experiments that have occurred and show very clearly that it's. It's obvious for anyone who can uh, look with an objective eye right, that there are so many unproven assumptions involved in this process of, quote, creating a gain-of-function virus that you cannot possibly claim or know what you're claiming to know. And you have definitely not proven what you're claiming to prove. And these experiments, we have to remember, are... You know, w- without getting into too many details, are just a continuation of this pseudoscientific cell culture, viral isolation, viral cultivation process. That's simply what it is. It's just a continuation of that using animal models, using injections, using multiple passages, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all based on a false, completely unproven premise that the overwhelming majority. The overwhelming majority, even the overwhelming majority of the the you know freedom minded doctors and health freedom minded doctors are latching onto, and it's it's all rooted well rooted in several places. Bichon versus Pasteur, of course, but but at the least in modern times, in a series of experiments that were done by John Franklin Enders in 1954, attempt or claiming to have proven the existence and pathogenicity of the measles virus, and we go into great detail on what occurred in 1954 with John Franklin Nears. And we also go into great detail on what occurred with Bichamp versus Pasteur during the end of COVID to really add layers upon layers upon layers of context for what has happened with, with virology.
3: Yeah. I think yeah. I, I was just going to dovetail on that and just say, I think a lot of people, and this is with a lot of, um, sort of how control paradigms work, pyramid structures, et cetera. A lot of, um, Know, doubters to this the, the their immediate sort of logical fallacy they go to is um you know no basically this can't exist cuz it would mean everyone's in on it right and i think it's really important to understand how one paradigms exists and and how those are structured through society through specific institutions that are centralized and top down and how the system of belief doesn't rely upon deep you know, wide conspiracy. It just relies uh, upon belief from uh, belief through institutional um, compartmentalization, just like how Alec, like, you know, how the military does it. And so these people, I true, you know, for the most part, truly believe in this. I have family members that were top, top level physicists and biologists in government labs. I've been to labs where there were literally men outside the door with assault rifles, and went in and saw the collider uh, in Brookhaven Labs. And I was a kid in um, in Long- on Long Island, and my uncle, you know, really truly believes in all this stuff. I know he's not in on it, and that is a paradigm that I believe is completely false—the particle paradigm of science, or at least it's severely flawed. So I think it's important for us to re- to reflect on the true nature of society based on what I like to call the cult of scientism and materialism and how that underlying factor plays into all of this. And we do a pretty good job of going into that with the end of COVID. One of my favorite interviews was with James Tunney, one of my favorite thinkers in the world. If You guys are familiar with who James Tunney is. And we go mm-hmm. deep into the cult of scientism and the history of it going all the way back to like the 16, 1700s. And how that has led up to all of this—that is planned. It's planned by specific um, circle, roundtable groups that, actually, for the most part, I don't know if they totally believe in it, but they want this to be their reality. So it, it actually gets quite simple when you start to see, you know, how society is structured around these sort of centralized institutional uh, setups.
1: Yeah, yeah. The psychology. There's such a psychological component to everything as well, too, because you think of people who have spent so much time and energy and resources um, believing in a certain dogma that to take in new information would mean to challenge your entire identity as a human being and who you are and what you've learned and all the money that you've spent. And so like that, that's something that just can't be thrown out the window, especially in the conversation of everybody's in on it. It's like it's much deeper and more nuanced from a psychological standpoint as well.
0: Yeah. I didn't know your your uncle held that position, Mike. I always had a feeling you were controlled opposition, but thank you for confirming uh-huh.
1: that.
3: Illuminati <laughs> confirmed.
0: Um <laughs> early, early on in the piece, you guys mentioned Dr. Cowan early. Um, he had a video that went, you know, no pun intended, viral, correlating the introduction of and out of 5G with what was taking place in relation to COVID. Is that still Dr. Cowan's position? And where do you guys stand on that?
2: Yeah. So I, I don't want to speak on what Dr. Cowan's position is or is not definitively, but I, from my understanding, and I talked to Dr. Cowan quite a bit, that is, is not, he, he hasn't taken as strong of a stance on that as of late as he did previously. Now, now people tend to think in absolutes, like we're, we're all prone to it in some ways. And what I see happen amongst the, the so-called keep no virus team, if that's what you want to call it, or, or people who just take on the position that there is no proof of SARS-CoV-2, a lot of them will then basically just take out SARS-CoV-2 and then insert 5G. Ah, 5G is the key factor that, called, that caused every one of these things and it caused COVID. But again, we have to remember, okay, w- what, what is COVID, right? Like, what is that? COVID? is an amalgamation of symptoms that are alleged to be caused by SARS-CoV-2, and they're alleged, this is alleged to be a distinct disease. But if you look at the COVID symptoms, there's nothing new. Now with that, people will jump on and be like, oh, hold on, Alec. I experienced some shit that I had never experienced before. I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is the amalgamation of symptoms that is COVID, if you look it up, I mean, you can look it up on the CDC and people be like, well, the CDC lies. But you look it up literally anywhere, I mean, it describes a set of symptoms that are not new symptoms. Is there a higher prevalence of symptoms in some cases, like loss of taste and smell experience in people for extended periods of time? Yeah, that's there's maybe a higher prevalence of that. But again, going back to if you're saying that X exists and causes Y, and you can apply this to anything, then you need direct proof that that is the case. Now, when it, when it comes to 5G millimeter wave technology and really you could put in the entire category of non-native electromagnetic fields without question, there, there is pretty good evidence that this is bad for human health uh, in prolonged periods. Right. And it's cumulative. There's, there's indications that it's cumulative. So, so with that, we do have the introduction of uh, or, or the widespread spread rollout rather of a, of a new technology. Like this is not new per se in that, it's it hasn't been useful for, but w- w- the widespread introduction of it is relatively new, so we have to ke- hold that in the back of our minds. So the likelihood that millimeter wave technology played a role in this is pretty high, I'd say. There's a few correlative studies that I've shared on my Telegram channel that show the the rollout of of millimeter wave technology in five G in certain areas uh, had had higher uh incidence of COVID-19 positives and COVID-19 hospitalizations. But again, that goes back to what is COVID. But then it also goes back to the understanding that like that's not how health works. And what I mean by that is it's it's very rarely one single thing is the cause of another single thing. There's so many factors at play in anyone's life that you can't possibly then take out that paradigm of, oh, it must be a virus causing my disease to it must be 5G causing my disease. And, and in fact, that mindset is something that we need to unravel in its entirety, that like there is one single thing that causes another single thing when it comes to human health. But Mike, I know yeah, you want no. to jump on it. Well, it, I was just going to, to
3: say that is one of the big, big um, truths that we are unveiling. We have many, many, many at end of COVID. I mean, the end of COVID is not really just a, uh, not even close to just about COVID, as we, as Alec was saying. That's just a container for educating people on the true nature of disease yourself your relationship to uh, the external world and what that means for your health moving forward. This is a massive paradigm shift that we're using COVID for, okay? And so one of the great con games that, a- that allopathic medicine and mainstream medicine in general is used is the use of language to attach a certain groupings of symptoms. And usually it is from toxicity, you know, mass poisoning, et cetera, and then relate that to some sort of disease name they create. Right, and then of course connect that to a remedy. It's usually a petrochemical uh, medicine of some sort, or some sort of crazy, you know, uh, I don't know, radiation therapy or something that further poisons you. Usually, <laughs> so that being said, that is the like the ultimate one of the ultimate little tricks they use. Right, is they connect that with a with a specific now disease that's come out of nowhere, and then. So that is a very, very important thing that we're trying to underline is that your health is your health. It's personal. It's a personal experience that you are having that has nothing to do with what someone else next to you is. I mean, that's possible if you're all being poisoned together, but even then there are an infinite amount of variables that come into play with how you will be affected by that
1: same poison. Yeah. And one of the main variable that I don't think enough people talk about is like your psyche is different than my psyche you know, your psyche is different than Joel's psyche. And so how you're perceiving the events around you and the things that are happening are going to have an impact on your body and your body's adapting to the things that are going on in your psyche. And so even when we talk about like, oh, there was a greater um, number of of, uh, loss of taste and smell. I mean, our society, our world has never gone through anything like what we went through starting in 2020. Like, that impacted so many people's lives. I mean, jobs were lost. You were stuck in your home with like many people with like kids and parents and whoever, some of them they didn't even like. There's We, we never experienced anything like that. So our psyches, our experience of our environment, of our life is so different. And so that's gonna impact it too. So like I'm so in the same boat with all you. Like it's so easy for people to go, well, this one thing causes that thing. But then it's like so many people, especially in allopathy and even in, in the alternative world, they leave consciousness at the door. Like your consciousness has such a huge impact. And I just think that's something that's not spoken about as often as it should be.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like, it's interesting you bring that up because Brendan Murphy does Mm. a couple sessions touching on the psychosomatic aspect of COVID, but then also another brilliant session later on sort of recontextualizing what so-called contagion may look like amongst people with the understanding that we all have measurable electromagnetic fields that surround our body. And then of course we bring in Eileen McCusick's work with biofield tuning. And then we have a lot of interesting stuff on water. And then we are interviewing Melissa on German new medicine. We're kind of like weaving together in this, after we've dissolved the false nonsensical germ paradigm, what, what does health look like? What might it look like? And we, we start that with a, a, a beautiful opening, this video that was put together called What If My Body Is Brilliant, that uses this uh, like the Socratic method uh, question asking to invite people to consider what might their their health look like when it comes to this idea that that viruses don't exist, that bacteria aren't these pathogenic entities, that they're just a part of our bodies natural cleansing and healing processes, et cetera, et cetera, to sort of open the container. And then we also put a a big uh, contextual disclaimer at the beginning of these sessions because people be like, well, have those things been tested in accordance with the scientific method? And it's like, we acknowledge that many of these things have not been tested in accordance with the scientific method. Some of them have, some of them haven't, but these new ideas that we're presenting ultimately, because we've been so myopically focused on this unproven idea that disease is passed via the fluids of a sick person, we haven't Given these other areas, these other possibilities, these other frameworks, modalities, et cetera, they're um, they're they're a, a good look. Essentially, we haven't looked at them thoroughly in accordance with the scientific method, but we're just providing a hey, this is what it might look like in a post germ nonsense paradigm.
3: And I can I just say too, Brendan Murphy is so amazing at going deeper into consciousness with his work about past lives and everything. And I mean, talk about you know relating to that, like in terms of how you deal with stuff and this idea of miasms with you know and homeopathy and stuff. That there there's all sorts of other ideas in terms of why masses of people go through epidemic sort of you know effects that we don't even come close to in the mainstream. So, mm. I mean, this is like really untouched territory. That's actually quite exciting that uh, hopefully people coming out of this can find maybe some inspiration to, to do their own research more and more and start um, thinking bigger and, and, and I don't know, just uh, getting more in tune
1: with what sp- role spirit plays in their health. Yeah, it's also about getting out of just blaming something external too and being curious and coming to an event like the end of COVID and being exposed to all these amazing speakers. Maybe they agree with a lot of what one person says and not as much, but they're taking this in. They're able to go, "Oh wow, let me self-reflect. Let me be curious. How does this apply to my life? If I look back 5 years ago, oh wait, I got sick or I got diagnosed with this thing. What was happening in my life then? What, you know, where was I? Where was I living? What was going on in the climate? What was the Zeitgeist like?" It just creates a much broader view for you to kind of take stock of an inventory of what's going on inside of you.
3: Yes, the great paradigm shift we're talking about is the realization that the external is mostly fiction, not all fiction. We are talking about a revolution of consciousness and understanding the inner game. It was great. I actually got to interview Tom Barnett towards the end, and that's what we talked about. And this sort of understanding is... Revolutionary in a time of materialism, right? Yeah. And I think that to me is what's most exciting is that this is paradigm shifting for the individual, uh, is just as much as the society. But for the individual to start becoming way more empowered with their own ability to self-heal and self-regulate in their lives and with their family, that to me is the paradigm shift that gets me up every morning and gets me excited to go work and do this event.
0: Yeah. I think it's also like a revolution of self-responsibility, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like that's always been the key premise for the boogeyman to exist is, you know, man's aversion to (laughs) self-responsibility. I really sense and feel that's
2: shifting now. Dude, you could not be more spot on with that. And like, I got it. This is a shameless plug. That's why we've partnered between Alpha Vedic and the way forward with the sovereign's way in law for mankind, because for anyone who's taken the the knowledge share that's provided by the sovereign's way, their their law for mankind knowledge share, um, that's literally what the entire uh, course is about at at a fundamental level is self-responsibility, self-ownership. And so when it comes to freedom, of course, you can't talk about what's gone on with COVID the last three years and beyond without talking about health freedom and our, in our rights, you know, and that's why we've partnered with law for mankind because it's just as important, maybe if not more important to educate people on how to be free. And it's funny, kind of like using law for mankind as an example for, for those who've taken the course, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you get sent this, you're like, oh, this is going to be an amazing course on how to procedurally take back my own freedom. Right. And then you take the course and modules two, five, and eight hit you like a freaking ton of bricks. And it's like, holy shit, I'm having to face my own shit. I've been the one getting in my own way of being free. There's no boogeyman out there, whether particles or government agents. And I'm not gonna pretend that, you know, there aren't people who will infringe upon you, but are you attracting that into your own life? And ultimately Mm -hmm. in large part, I would say the majority your own fears are what's preventing you from feeling and acting and being fully free. And that's kind of what Law for Mankind is centered around. And I think for, you know, we can say this clearly with your audience, but for those who come in that we're attracting outside of our traditional audience, and we are, like I was on one American news network today. And like wow. We can talk about this event. We were at Nashville with a bunch of like, like, there's this dude there that was selling Trump honey, like Trump, Trump, Head honey, I don't like it. Like literally, honey orange bottles honey? that are shaped orange
3: like orange man honey. Orange, yeah,
1: bro. I, I only eat MAGA honey, bro. I only eat MAGA honey, and
2: I don't want to knock like like Courtney. Courtney is is awesome, and she's, amazing, she 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 put on an amazing like event, and those that's probably just the crowd that she attracted in in Nashville, who's freedom oriented. But like, cause she's super, she super gets it. She gets the no virus thing. She gets the self ownership thing. She gets voluntarism. But the point is, that was like the crowd that was inevitably there. And anyway, like that's the crowd that we're attacking or attracting with the end of COVID. We're really trying to like get into that crowd who's latched on to gain a function, who's rallying against the system, who's constantly looking out there, what they're doing. What are these people doing to us rallying outside their courthouse, et cetera, et cetera, to educate them properly on, hey, health is your responsibility. Your freedom is also your responsibility. And that's what we educate people on extensively during the end of COVID.
3: At that event, I heard so much of the battle we're in, the war we're in, the fight we're in, and where Alec and I come from, because we understand not only our rights, but living in the private, that's waving the flag of neutrality. We're not here to fight. We're here because we understand who we are, and we just want to be neutral, and we want to live our lives out in in the most loving way to serve our fellow men and women. We're not here to fight. And when you're in the private, and when you understand these core principles, Uh, Life is really fun, and it's easygoing, and it's calm, and you have the ability and awareness of how to protect yourself and defend yourself if you're trespassed against. And it's very much like a great martial artist, right? You've got the skill sets now to be able to navigate the world without this feeling that I got to go fight the man. 100%. yeah. that is the great psyop. When you're out there fighting, you get sick. Yeah. Because yeah. now you're fighting yourself, you're fighting everything. It's like it wears you out. You're in the sympathetic fight or fight or flight mode. <laughs> and boom, you get worn down and uh there you go. You get the sniffles. And Joel, you're really good at, you know, educating people and inspiring people to get out of victimhood and that, you know, focusing on the external. Love your posts about that. And obviously we see a massive uh, epidemic of victimhood especially oh God, in yeah. you know the lower you know and lower excuse me the younger generations i'm a proud ex-gener so we still had like kind of a got beat down when we were kids and knew not to be victims you know the latchkey kids yeah. but um yeah. yeah it's this is the thing that we're really trying to inspire people through the wisdom
1: and knowledge of this event is that you got this it's all in you bro yeah yeah yeah, and this is why, it, like, becoming more whole, and I'm a student of psychology, so the more that you integrate within yourself and, you know, allow to um, to come forward from the unconscious, you're not going to project it as much out. So there's just people out there warring and warring and warring, and they just have no idea that there's a war happening within them, that they're just completely <sighs> unconscious to because they repress so much within them. And so, you know, I think the future isn't some some image of perfection and joel and i talk about this all the time but it's wholeness and really getting to know those parts of us that maybe we don't really want to acknowledge you know mm. the, the things that we've pushed down that we've repressed the wounds the trauma and and be able to create a container within ourselves talk about having a healthy nervous system to be able to have the container to hold space for these parts of us and i think that's a, a piece that's also missing
3: oh my Alex's god has been yeah. really good lately of communicating this out through his channels about this, like, you know, whole dichotomy of being a freedom fighter. Right. And, you know, we have to have compassion for each other. And that's what Alec has really been good of late is like, Hey, stop calling. Like I, we, we yeah. jokingly enough, they to call it the N word. Don't say the N word now, which is normie, normie yeah. because that's, that's putting them down. They're like, let's stop playing into that discord. Because that is what they prey on. Once again, those yeah. like controlling Divide and factions. Conquer. Divide, and conquer. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Eating that loose, baby. Loose yeah. loose cereal, you know? And the compassion comes through when you listen, you're patient, but you stand firm. Yes. Stand firm in what you know, and you're brave in that. And then on the flip side, as you mentioned, you're awesome. Most people are dealing with a lot of trauma in this mm-hmm. realm. And that's what music and sky is about. It's like, come out to this event, come with people who are going to be compassionate, understanding, and hug you to death, no matter what your beliefs are. And let's get in the ice bath. Let's shake it out. Let's get some dancing on. You know, let's, let's get away from the technology out in the middle of wilderness, put your phones down, and let's shake it out together and figure out where we can go from here as compassionate, loving souls who get sovereignty. Yeah.
0: I think... um. You know, the key there is, man, to have compassion for another, you have to have compassion for yourself in the first place. And throughout the past three years, many people have just developed this identity of having to be in antagony with something else external to them. You know, they're pretty much swept away from 2020 into forming this new collective identity of now we're freedom fighters. You know, now here is our purpose, here is our meaning. I waited my whole life, you know? But you gotta go deeper than that at the end of the day, you know. People is, people are stuck there now. And now as the as the narrative's dying, as you know, kind of mainstream's coming around in some degree a little bit, you know, the question remains to these individuals, like who am I? What do, what, what do I stand for now? You know, what what is my purpose beyond this thing that I've been fighting for so long, so intensely? Can I Dude, say
3: one thing on that real quick? I'm sorry, because yeah. this is so important to understand. There's a reason why they separated us and put us in boxes and made us connect through Zoom. Because that very system, which goes back to ARPNet and the military industrial complex, is designed to create discord. It's designed to separate and is designed to create false paradigms and pseudo-realities. Uh, in total, a simulacrum, which cre- is divide and conquer. So when people have this identity as a freedom fighter, how is that usually? Maybe it's going to a rally here and there, but usually it's on a Facebook group, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it's on a Twitter feed. And those are literally designed to force you into a, comp- uh, a competitive, argumentative role with someone else to prove your point. We see, and we all know this, right? And it's then designed to reward you for those who like you and join your tribe. Mm. So this is why I'm so passionate about decentralized technology because we're not getting out of the digital world. We're not going back. Sorry, guys. Like those who want to be Luddites and go hide your head in the sand in your farm, eventually that sand, if you do that, will go away and it'll be a boot stomping on your head forever. Okay, so it's very important to understand the design of this and then step out of it and use it to our own benefit to continually to connect like we're doing here, right? We're getting all this great information out through a digital system. And do it in a way that is now, you know, in line with natural order, with natural law, and the beauty of what it means to be human. That's as I do with Cordal, and that's what we're trying to do with these online communities. We're doing with the Way Forward, with Alpha Vedic, is bring it back to uh, on the digital on a digital platform that isn't designed to do exactly that and put you in that sort of I'm a freedom fighter because this is my crew and f you. Meet me in the comments, bro. You know. <laughs> Well, there's another
2: thing that I've I've been thinking on quite a bit. And I thought that when I was at this event this last weekend amongst a bunch of people who are certain that the only way, or, or at least the primary way we can get our freedom back is to get Trump in office or to get X, Y, and Z in office or to reform our elections. There's like a few different people there who are a part of this, like the largest American election reform committee. And... I got to thinking because every one of them in their speech was talking about freedom. Like we, we need to do this for our freedom. Like this is for freedom. We're freedom fighter. Like, let, let's take a step back for a second. Are the freedom that you're referring to, is that, is that the same freedom that, that I'm referring to? Mm-hmm. Cause like the, the freedom that you seem to be referring to is that, we're all ideologically entrenched in this one way that is that is very right leaning, very conservative, very patriotic. That that you know, for, for many, is very much Christian. And like you know, that, that's not hating on those who are Christian, but like that's that's the freedom sense that these that many of these people seem to be taking on. And the freedom that I and you guys and Winter are coming from is is completely different than that. The freedom that we're talking about, first off, has more to do with the internal environment than it does the external environment. But even with that, the external environment looks like this. I'm not going to impose or infringe upon you so long as you don't impose or infringe upon me. And from there, we can coexist in harmony. That's it. That's it. And it's a completely different version of freedom than so many of these so-called freedom farters, freedom farters, freedom it's
3: fighters. Freedom
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> there were a lot of those there too. Freedom yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's again, going back to individualism versus collectivism, even these groups that want to get their person in office they want their person to have the most influence within the collective to then put their view of freedom on the collective and determine what is right for everyone, as opposed to bringing them back to the individual. Exactly. Uh, so it's a similar on both sides, but the way they go about it may be different.
3: Yep. And in, in all fairness in that group, in, I mean, on the weekend there, uh, well, partly because of us, we had Etienne was there. Howard yeah, yeah. Was there. Uh, and he was in the back with me and, yelling yes you know and yeah vote harder Mark <laughs> and mark over and mark over just yeah. vote harder right <laughs> um and mark over yeah and of course talking about voluntarism on stage and trying to get those little nuggets through and that's the other that's a that's like right up there with the end of COVID. that's why we're like mark and both of them are involved in this because that's the other big paradigm shift right the whole democracy sort of government approach to the way society is organized towards more self-governance and self, um, you know, activation and however you want to call it. That is the other, that's the big paradigm shift too. And that all comes down to the same thing, right? Self, the self-actualization and taking responsibility for your own actions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I want to get some thoughts on RFK Jr. Because, what I'm seeing, all of a sudden, is a huge collective of individuals who, since Biden got elected, have said, "I'm exiting the political game. I'm exiting the two-party system. All politics is corrupt. I'm I'm done for good." All of a sudden, seem to buy back in quite emotionally um, now that he's started running and campaigning and made his announcement. So I just want to get some thoughts on that from whoever's willing.
3: You go ahead, Winner. Okay, so this is fascinating to me because what was a major part of... Well, if you believe that... I don't believe Trump was organically elected. I believe that was all part of it, the system set up. But what on the show was very instrumental in him getting elected it was the alternative right-leaning media alex jones Infowars, that played a big role in the groundswell movement of the trump revolution you want to call it that whatever they call it right i see it as actually planned at this point i mean look what he did it's very obvious that he played right into the system and he has connections with kissinger and all that so that being said, the I think they have amazing systems of prediction and AI and all this. They've had it for a long way longer than what we're seeing with Chat GPT and all. Yeah, they can see why the numbers, what is trending, what is trending since COVID, and they probably already planned all knew this was the alternative, uh, the new alternative scene of alternative health, alternative wellness, um, and that what's that connects the divide between the libertarian and the more left leaning leaning. Um, Democrat, uh, everybody, right? And so who's better than someone that's a Kennedy to be aligned to get people back in? And that doesn't even require Kennedy to be in on it. Just like Trump very well wasn't in on it, they just use these people. So Kennedy is a perfect platform for them to get their boy in, get him in there possibly, or at least cause a lot of distraction and get people back into believing in, in the voting system and democracy so that they can then continue on the the fictional government that they do. So I think he's being played. I think um, it's it's all show, and uh, people are falling for it again. <laughs> I think I think that's what it is. It's buying back belief.
2: Yeah, yeah, hmm? yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to comment on that a little bit further. And it's like a, I, I completely agree with everything that Winner said just now. Like completely agree, and at the same time you know, I was talking to Dr. Edith about this on the phone last night because she asked me, she literally asked me the exact same question. What do you think? What do you think about the whole Kennedy thing? And I said, well, you know, like I essentially shared the same sentiments that Winner just shared here now. And she's, and I said, what do you think? And she said, you know, it's kind of like my, my six degrees of, uh, of the school system thing that she talks about how it's like, you know, you, you, there's public school. And then the step below that is, uh, these private schools, and the step away from that would be like Waldorf and Montessori schools, like alternative schools, and the step away from that is homeschooling, and the step away from that is un- unschooling, and a step away from that is self-directed learning. There's like six layers, right? She's like, I just, I just kind of see. I hope I can say this publicly, Doctor. E, um, Don't kill me. But and it, for it's those
3: wondering good, who he's talking about, that's Doctor. Edith Ubuntu Chan, who's a dear yeah. friend of ours. <laughs> another, I'm yeah. an, another previous guest. Yep. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. Oh. And she's the freaking oh, awesome. best.
2: And she said, you know, yes. it's it. I think it's 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 like good on some levels and that like, at least for some they're taking a step in the right direction. Like I would rather them vote for this than vote for that. But you know, I'm at the point of voluntarism and I'm like six layers deep where some people might only be at two or three or four. And it was such an important reminder for me because I, I both acknowledge that there are people who are absolutely what I would say, taking a step backwards, that we're seeming to go to level like we're, we want to do that six layers that she talks about, seeming to go to level three and four and understand, like I know people who understand the the lie of the the fictitious straw man and the birth certificate and the War Powers Act, who are pumping Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on their social media and his campaign. I'm like, okay, that's unbelievably inauthentic one or at the least, like how can you be saying all of that and have such a clear understanding for it and then be pumping this here? Like that, 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 does, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So it does seem that there are some people who have taken steps back, but at the same time, there are some people who are maybe taking steps forward who are just waking up. And at the least, this is getting some conversations into the mainstream. Now, there's, there's a huge exception to that. And, and, and it requires an understanding of exactly what Winter just talked about with respect to the, the, uh, the overarching, like, wild gang of nefarious actors that, that that's what Greg Paul calls them, understanding that the alternative is becoming the attractive thing. Like, it's the cool thing now to take yeah. on an alternative perspective. You see so many people jumping
3: the ship of the mainstream. And it is what they did to my house music, bro. They made it EDM. Mm -hmm. There you go.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) so, so with that, when the alternative perspective is becoming much more attractive and you're not, let's take virology as an example, or like just the, the whole idea of infectious diseases and this whole allopathic paradigm, and we're not getting to the core of it and the, the, the accepted leaders Namely, RFK, and then you could also throw Dell Bigtree, Robert Malone and all these other people in there are then pumping the idea of one, safe vaccines, refusing to touch on the idea that there is no virus. And in fact, Robert Malone calling anyone who's pumping that disinformation agents literally, he said that on his Twitter And um, you know, you're still holding this whole idea of, of the viral genome to be legitimate what you're creating is the very foundation of the pandemic industrial complex. And what I mean by that is what they're moving towards, especially in the language, and we cover this in the session during the end of COVID called the WHO pandemic treaty. We go in great detail during this, Jesse Zerwell and James Roguski, they're going to use this genomics stuff, right? Based on the idea that there is viruses to, in, in a weaponized fashion where they can go to a pig farm or a chicken farm or something like that, or literally just go to a local town and they'll use this, these nonsensical genetic tools like RT-PCR and things like this. They'll, they'll test someone positive, or let's say they test negative for known pathogens, but then they sequence the genetic material and they, they assemble a new so-called genome. Then they say, ah, this, this pig or this, like whatever has tested positive for a new novel virus. And then because of the mRNA technology, because of the infrastructure that was put into place over the last three years, it's bang, 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 bang. And now the whole world is in a new pandemic state. Like the whole world is now succumbing to this narrative instantaneously because of the infrastructure that was put into place. And that is precisely why it is so important to get to the root of the virology fraud, because without doing that, acknowledging that we need safer vaccines, and you know, I, I won't say it's Children's Health Defense's presentation, but they sh- shared someone on one of their platforms and there's screenshots of it floating around everywhere. And there are legitimate Children's Health Defense things where they interviewed someone who's talking about genetically identical vaccines. It still reinforces the idea that there's ever anything to vaccinate for in the first place. And that's where it's very clever, it, like propping up Bobby on this pedestal And having him be the prevailing leader of the alternative side, and he's failing to even ever get close to the root of what allows all this to perpetuate in the first place. And actually upholding much of it to be legitimate is, is, is a very dangerous, dangerous path, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, man, I hear what you're saying. It kind of popped into my mind when you talk about like they or the the power structures kind of jumping on what's popular. It just makes me think of back in the days when you had like Colgate buying toms and and all these other companies, like Kraft buying like the 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 other product that was popular. It just seems like they're just getting there, getting in on them getting in on the mix, you know, getting their their fair well, share and trying to control how things are put out there,
3: well, you got to keep in mind they all are corporations. Government is a corporation because we're dealing with the public. So, it's all fiction because corporations are corpses. They're not living They're, you know, and that's what I love about being partnered with the sovereign's way. Once again, with the end of COVID is like, in the end, we hope that people get out of this, the ability to see through the BS psyops, because when you have the basic tools to understand who you are and how this whole realm functions, then it becomes quite apparent when someone's trying to pull something over you. Right. And you can see the magic trick easier. I think hopefully that's what people really get out of this is oh they can start to see the magic tricks all around them and then just be like okay doesn't affect me I have the tools now to you know protect myself and move on and create beauty. Awesome.
1: What's your ultimate vision for end of COVID? Like how many people do you want to be exposed to it?
3: Millions. Okay.
1: We want this to be the biggest online
3: event of the year. Uh, and in doing so, it's been a massive undertaking <laughs> for our small little group. We've already run into some issues with the launch, uh, you know, trying to really make sure because one, literally the domain is the end of COVID. So uh, we know it's going to get targeted. Uh, so we were doing everything in our power to not use any centralized services or any third parties, which is an, impossible until Cordell is fully launched. Uh, and and capable of doing that. So, in that doing so, and this is like beyond anything I've done, because I'm like the technical director of this project, i've I must say I took on way more than I ever have, And it slapped me in the face a bit this week with the launch. and I humbly have apologized and 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 take on that responsibility. and we are moving forward in a way as gracious as possible. So we've had to delay a little bit. Of, it's of good. It's, it's
2: it's it's all good. But, like it, it, we're delaying intentionally, and honestly, we don't even really need to delay. But at this point, just because we know that this information is so freaking unbelievably important, and that it's cutting to the very core of both the the freedom, I guess you could say, fraud, and also the the viral fraud, both which are the very foundational things that allowed all this nonsense to continue or to even begin in the first place, we're cutting to the core of it. And because of that, we want to make sure our website is impenetrable and that we have the best overall user experience. So we've, we've set the launch date for July 11th. That's when it'll launch now. And we just want to make sure that our website it's infrastructure is robust and that we're good to go because we know, that there's going to be some people out there who are not going to like that this exists and they're going to attempt to target it.
3: Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. This is, this information is too important to not do it right and like as right as possible. And if that means delaying a little bit, that's what we're going to do. So I am super excited about the team we have and how this is releasing right now. And you can go to com and check it out. The site's live. You can become an affiliate. We're all about the groundswell movement of promoting this. You have the ability to print out posters we've created and just start slapping those around your town, share with your friends and family. Cause that's really what we're going to need because the censorship, uh, is just ramping up with these types of, you know, you guys know how it is. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for me, it's just, I'm just excited to see this information reaching this amount of people. Because when I was talking about this with Bear. Back in the day, like this was weird. Like, this was the most conspiratorial thing to talk about the the germ theory. This was way crazier than, you know, Sasquatch and aliens and all that. You got put in the far weird corner of the internet when you were talking about viruses don't exist. You don't get sick from someone coughing on you. It was the most, it was like Amanda Vollmer, us, um, uh, who else? Uh, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? He passed away. Uh, we interviewed him once and from Canada and he was Oh very, um
1: Resnick Resnick,
3: David, Resnick, Crow? Uh, David, Resnick Crow, oh. David Crow David Crow David um, Crow i mean there was people out there but we in you know you go to the whale.to whale2 website and stuff but it was all like really in the confines of the weird parts of the internet and now look at it thanks to covid like yeah, it's yeah. going That's the silver
1: lining. That's the silver lining of everything that went down in 2020. Is people are way more open to these ideas. Yeah. Because they see
3: how ridiculous and yeah the main how like it doesn't work. Whatever we think what they are saying is reality and how that's supposed to work clearly isn't because society is fracturing all around us in in like the public sphere. I mean, look at it. It's just becoming more and more crazy to the point where people are, I mean, to come up with all sorts of ideas of what reality is now and Mandela effects and all this, because it just seems like reality is splintering all around us. It's not because reality is, you know, reality is here. It's natural. It's it's we're all experiencing it together. It's just that the systems that they've set up. Suck because they're based on improper uh, actual laws, fake laws, and fiction, and all stuff they've created
1: that's not real,
3: right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know we talked about war earlier, and I I know you're talking about you know exposing the virology lie, but even just diving into the whole concept of the immune system and what that really is, and that's been thrown on people as well. And I think people need to gain a new understanding of how they've been uh, misdirected with that term that gets thrown everywhere. Oh well, you didn't get sick; it's okay. You got a good immune system. That's why. Yeah, uh, the we, functional we medicine a, yeah.
3: people drive me crazy with that. Yeah, it, there, there's a whole alternative industry around that that is just cleaning up shops since COVID, long COVID. You got long COVID come to me, you know. Yeah, it, 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 it's predator. It's a predator class amongst the alternative practitioners that um are using this uh to just keep like it's like two point germ theory 2.0 you know
2: it is well it's it's allopathic medicine 2.0 it's like literally just yeah. a green version of allopathy instead of treating it with a, treating the symptoms or masking the symptoms or perpetuating the symptoms <laughs> 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 i'm sorry i'm laughing because joel typed in the chat i've got thick covid <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. oh that was in the chat for Ray's that like um, oh man, sorry. <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, shit. You stopped my train of thought and I, I think you guys, an you guys got an ad
3: You guys got an ad. No, adder. you're going to keep that so That was like, good. We're here for the truth, Mike. We're here for the <laughs> that truth. That was bro. too
2: good. Oh, um,
0: I want to I wanna bring up something like recently, obviously, now we've seen the mainstream mention this whole Jamie Foxx having oh. blood clots and paralyzations um, from the mRNA COVID vaccine, apparently. Why is this in the mainstream um, media, according to you guys? And what are your thoughts
2: on that? Yeah, so I've thought a lot about this, actually. Um, well, first off, we have to look at the sparse pandemic scenario that was released by Johns Hopkins in uh, 2017. It's like Spars 2025, and it was like a fictional pandemic, uh, simulation that Johns Hopkins ran and in the sparse pandemic playbook, which I will say it's, it's pretty interesting. If you go read it, like the timeline of events, I won't say has followed it identically, but like what's happened over the last three years, trends alongside the sparse pandemic scenario, pretty well. And in, in the sparse pandemic scenario playbook, um, they talk about how the government and the media begin acknowledging vaccine injury to some degree and, uh, towards, and I I don't know what, like what the purpose is, but nonetheless, the playbook does start to acknowledge it. So that's, that's really interesting that lingers in the the back of my mind. But with that, I've, I've thought about the implications of why, right? So the, the amount that I share this, this statistic is, uh, is probably getting to be annoying at this point, but it's just the magnitude of it is so crazy to me. And and I don't really hear many other people talking about it. The second strongest risk factor for death associated with a COVID label, which, you know, is effectively meaningless, but with a COVID label in a study conducted by the CDC published in July of 2021 on 500,000 people who passed away due to COVID. Second strongest risk factor for death was fear slash anxiety related disorders right? So like, what is the biggest issue at play with all this? I would argue in large part, if not most importantly, fear slash anxiety, perpetual fear is the issue. So, so with that, for those who have fucked up and realized they made a mistake in receiving the shot, maybe they're not awake to, you know, other vaccines. Maybe they're like, they're just superficially awake at the least they're awake that they made a mistake in receiving the product or they're injured or something like that. What better way than to put them in a freaking just absolutely traumatized state than to start sharing that these celebrities are becoming paralyzed and things like this. And that's the thing is I don't discount that that's true. Like I would say it's probably true that that's happening with Jamie Foxx. And of course we interviewed during the end of COVID. Um, one of the, one of the interviews that didn't happen on this interview but her, her name's Felicity Jackson. And when I was interviewing her for Health for Humanity, she had a freaking seizure during the interview and her boyfriend had to take over. So of course, oh, vaccine injury is real. It's, it's dark, it is, it's, it's, it's fucked, it's so fucked. But, but all that to say, what better way to scare people and put them in another perpetual state of fear for the large number of people who took the shot than to start sharing these stories. When in my mind, what needs to be dispelled more than anything is that perpetual fear. And to help people understand that even if you took the shots, yes, that was a mistake. Yes, the healing process is an arduous task for some people who have succumbed to their conditioning enough to where they've made these types of mistake. But with that, the body is self-healing, the body is self-regenerating, you can overcome and you can heal. And what frustrates me to no fucking end about the alternative community are those who are calling themselves purebloods, like that, that That label's fine because it's an accurate label to some degree, possibly, possibly, right? And like that, that's a whole nother conversation on like the, the implications of so-called this material integrating into your genome. I don't believe any of that bullshit. It's also
3: though like a weird inversion and just sort of like supremacy and-
2: Exactly, Like, yeah, you it, know- It's
3: another like othering. Pure, it's
1: another form it's another of othering. But, but like, and, it, yeah. yeah,
2: it's the people who do that, who, who, who call people vaxtards, who call people sheeple, like almost exclusively and then only perpetuate fear for those who got the shot. It's like, what the? are you you just trying to prove yourself right at this point? Like, wouldn't a better approach be to say, hey, there's actually nothing to fear in the first place. You may have fucked up this time, but guess what? The exciting news is your body is self-healing, self-regenerating, and you can overcome this. And once you overcome this, you will know, damn, my body's so fucking powerful. I never need to get one of these things ever again. And that's the most important thing is that Dispelling that idea that you need something outside of you to help save you and helping people understand you have all that you need right here within yourself, within your own body, dispels the need to ever get any of these products in the first place. like well, that's, could, that's yeah. what we should focus on,
1: yeah, yeah. your body's a, great- a miracle, man. Your body's a freaking miracle, and i, I i'm I'm one hundred percent agreement about the fear thing. So many people in the alternative community are just, like, talking shit and saying all these things. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a mass casualty event. People are going to die it's left and right. Timidly. And, like, you know what? you got to send this documentary called Died Suddenly to everyone who got the vaccine in your family. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. we need hey, more did you compassion know that there's snake, Did you
3: know that there's snake venom in all the water? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, bro. Totally. Um,
3: it could be a brilliant PR move by the RFK Jr. camp, you know? using their celebrity connections to get that out because you know that's his platform is the anti-vax you know that's what they're so yeah i don't <laughs> i don't
1: know it's really be. interesting just to think about but i think the, the the common thread is how do we how do we become more empowered how do we not let fear drive yeah. our decision making on either end of the spectrum and 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 realize man we're we're amazing like Oh, man. Uh, as individuals and our bodies are capable of anything. If I take a knife right now and just slice my finger right now, I don't have to do shit. I'm just if I just sat there with a you know, time lapse camera, I just see it do some amazing things and start healing. And our bodies have that capability. We just have to have that deep trust in the yes, miracle is. that is oh, our man. biology. Yeah.
0: Yep. What what's super interesting is that we've done nearly three podcast episodes with Ali, and he's never said the word fuck. Then he just said it like 12 times in three
3: minutes. <laughs> I'm actually shocked by have his party mouth.
2: Dude, have I not cussed ever on
0: this?
3: Like, like I, I cussed know. on I my own show. Wow. I think, oh, I think you Christian. did. <laughs> I, love I, mean, serious, I
0: love the like, like
2: that, that shit makes me so irritated, man. Like about the all like I I I cannot stand that shit about the alternative community, man. Like it, it makes me so mad. Like what Do you, you, if if your goal, if your goal is to try to like, you you know, I don't think this should be anyone's goal, but some people will say that it is like, my goal is to try to wake people up to really fuck. Do you think you're, if you're fucking shaming and mocking and belittling the other people and then you yourself look like a raging lunatic and you're not peaceful and kind and loving and you're not thriving in your own life and you're just like a black pillar who's obsessively looking at what they're doing. Is that attractive? Is that attractive at all? are people going to want to jump ship from their perspective and, and no. come on to the way you're living fuck no you're no just going to
1: be you're going to be in your little bubble and that's yeah. what people stay in and and i get it listen also i want to have compassion for the fact that we all go through rites of passage for you sure. know in our truth journey in the way we deliver information i mean i remember in the beginning of 2020 like i was like the fucking meme king on my instagram stories and i was just sh- sharing every freaking meme that was out there and a lot of them were probably like you know talking shit uh, well, that's the thing too, is when we when
2: we've been gaslighted and, and ostracized from society so much, like of of course, like that yeah. that element. And you know what? Ironically, I need to have more compassion for the people who are doing those things. But like, it's gotten to a point where like the the alternative side yeah. has become so common, and it's just like a cesspool of people doing things that yeah, maybe you and I were doing in like 2020 and maybe True. 2021. But 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 the point is, it's like there are people who are aware that the body is self-healing and self-regenerating. I'll name one. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. She's literally said that before, like on multiple occasions. And then she was the one saying 60 million people are going to die because of the shot. Like, it's going to happen. I'm like, That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, to me, the way that I assess, you know, that group that's clinging so hard to the identities and having to label, you know, the other side is that, Kind of like I hinted to before, they've just formed this inflated sense of self, you know, and they're willing to do anything possible to keep that self reinvigorated. And the death of that persona now is like the worst thing in the world to them. So they have to continue to find ways to, to energize it and to, and to keep it alive. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, that's spot on. That's spot on. And it all goes back to like an identity crisis, I'd say,
1: mm-hmm. at, at a very fundamental level. And a yeah, brand. They, they, they over identify with certain parts of them, you know, and then they yeah. those yeah. parts of them take over their psyche. Yeah, and that's becomes
0: yeah, if they built an audience or a following, talking yeah. a certain way and behaving a certain yeah. way, you know, then all of a sudden this is what people expect of me. This must be who yeah. I am. Yeah. They've got a that's brand
3: so and they've got a uh an income from it, and uh it's you know, market dynamics involved with it, and there's a you know. It plays on. It plays into those those the easy pickings, right? The low hanging fruit. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Which we don't have at Music and Sky.
1: Well, that was my next question. (laughs) Like (laughs) everybody there. So I will say (laughs) That was a good segue because I was ready to go into like Mike. Tell us about Music and Sky and how that came about. I've taken great
3: pride in our compassion for everybody who comes, and especially our 2021 event, which you're also most I think that was the first one you came to the the yeah. monster, the the big one on Fourth July in twenty twenty one which I would that say was, the was best like MC dude that was oh, yeah.
1: balls oh. hanging I'm I was there I,
3: well I'm getting to that so, I sh- I'll
2: shut up my bad
3: so <laughs> that was like peak of the of the insanity right like major lockdowns, summer of twenty twenty one like because twenty twenty when we did it in the fall it was still kind of it was I mean we were in deep into COVID but it was still kind of new like. We Still didn't totally know what was going on in 2021. So we're like, geez, when is this gonna end? This is getting serious, and people were really hungry to to gather. So that was a big event. Uh it was up in the western Sierras uh in the mountains, and your, your osmos and Sophie came and uh had a blast doing body work. And then you guys were like in the rave section. That was back when we still had a lot of house music going.
1: That was hilarious. Um,
3: Um, But but this is the thing. And this is what we stood up for is, you know, we had vendors there that were quote unquote, you know, normie or that, you know, were there because they were just used. They wanted to come and work a festival because all the festivals were shut down. Right. There was no one doing festivals. So we had vendors there that were just kind of coming from sort of the regular slant on life. And we had a we had a host. God love them, but he was doing rallying against them and saying, if you, we don't want any of your vaccinated skin in our ice baths, stay out of them, you know, keep your, you know, it was, it was gnarly. Um, and we, we dropped the hammer on that. We said, that's not acceptable here. We don't talk like that. Um, that's not in tune with our vibe. Uh, we're here. If anybody's, you know, especially in 2021, brave enough to come out to an event like this, no matter what their beliefs are. They're, they're in, they're welcome to the community. Uh, and I'm not a, I don't follow the shedding narrative. That's another thing we talk about yep. in this, like the whole, that's a total, another psyop about fear of shedding. Yep. Um, and so, you know, get, keep your shedding out of our ice baths. Like, no, I want that person who maybe did make the mistake to get injected, to get in that ice bath. Maybe they're going to have an epiphany and awakening and realize and come to the healing understanding of what was the decision that drove me to do that. Not so much the after effects of what's doing my body. More importantly, why did I do that, right? And so, anyways, music and sky is for those who have never heard of it. Go to musicandsky.com. It we started in 2020 because no in in California because gruesome newsome was trying to tell us that we couldn't meet. Uh, We couldn't meet up and come dance and 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 you know come together and hug and in the wilderness like we love to do and listen to music and just be regular men and women and enjoying our lives. So we decided with my partners, Matt and Owen, uh, to throw a festival, an underground festival, like old school rave days. When I, you guys had me on the first time, it was kind of a weird one. I'd never done a podcast where just like talk about my life like that. Um, but you guys know my background a little bit. I was through raves and stuff. So I'm like an old school house DJ. So we kind of took that and then we combined that with like really cutting edge health and wellness and law talks. So we talked about the germ theory, the false germ theory. We had Melissa Dr. Melissa Sell there talking, which you've had multiple times, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we, we had Hang them. the Banksters, this like awesome dude talking about common law and uh, the the legal fiction world. Uh we were we were talking about uh we had Dr. Edith abunto Chan there talking about cosmic kids. Um, a lot of people you've had on your show and, and back in the old days. And then Troy Casey was there, butt naked doing Qigong and all that. And a big part of that was the ice bath. We had, we try to get everybody in the ice bath. Cause we feel like that is like kind of like one of our core things that we do. It just is grounding. And it's kind of like, it's an amazing immersive experience that can really help, uh, sort of shake your neurology out and kind of get a reset going without doing psychedelics. It's not a very music and sky has now really evolved out of that first year into a very sort of holistically minded, very intentional community-based event. That is not a, so much. It is a party in the sense that we're there celebrating life and each other, but it's not like a, like what many might think of a festival, like lightning in a ball or something where everyone's high on mushrooms and, and very like, oh, I'm at the festy, you know, it's, it's, it's like Alec explains it. Well, it's like, uh, <laughs> You need me to say. jump in? yeah go ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dude
2: because i uh, like i i gotta say as someone who's put on a lot of events myself and i will say this we attract a lot of the same crowd and like our event as an example the one we did on the farm is is awesome um and we're we're, we're doing another one after music and sky in october on molly inglehart's farm mike's also djing and speaking at that one too and it'll be tom cowan andy kaufman uh, Eileen Macusick, Kelly Brogan, and a bunch of others. In California? No, the, in, in, oh, in these Farm Texas. in Texas. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but in, inspired by Music and Sky, really, I got to say, because like the vibe that they create there is unmatched. I don't know of an event like it. Um, Mike and his team, Mike Owen and Matt, have done a, such a good job with Music and Sky. It's I always say this. It's like a, a farmer's market meets a meets a music festival meets a healing retreat meets a like doctor's conference meets an evangelical worship service. It's like the best parts of all of those things had a baby. And that would be what music in skies. It's like the, it's like the best thing ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've gone to the last, I guess, what is it? Three now, 2021. And the two we did in 2022, I think, or anyways, I've been to the last however many and it's incredible great group of people. I mean, Alec, we got a chance to get deeper at the last one, which was which was great. And it's just good food, being in nature and um, listening to some good speakers, but it's not too speaker heavy and just an opportunity to come together. That's why it's called The Gathering. It's like a gathering of, of uh, like-minded individuals that want to honor each other's sovereignty, learn, but also chill because, you know, our day-to-days can get a little crazy. And to be able to Kind of get away for a few days and be in the sun and the pool and 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 communicate and be intimate is uh, is really important and I love it, man. I can't wait. Uh, Sophie and I are going to be involved in speaking this this um, this time around as well. So excited about that.
3: I mean, you got you helped host it when I couldn't make it uh, two years ago. So What's yeah, I
0: say right?
1: host and like I say in like quotes. Like, was your host yeah. the
0: host you had to pull up? <laughs> yes. No,
1: no, no. That wasn't you it. was you were the, the one swinging it on that stage, D right? around. Yeah, it's all free <laughs>
3: that Greek D oh <laughs> man
1: um,
3: no but we do design it too to be kind of like the old <laughs> like like rave days up in the mountains and stuff so it's remote right it ta- it's a, an adventure in itself to get there and that's on purpose that's intentional right so this is this is a an event that's not like going you're just going to this outside the city somewhere or you're just you're going to be inside a building or something you're going to a beautiful space that's completely curated and thought out where ideally you don't have service on your phone. You're going to be camping in a comfortable place. This place right now, this venue is extremely comfortable. It's like full, kind of super glampy, bougie, uh, really nice showers, a nice pool. It's farm to, you know, farm to table, family dinners and all that. um, All inclusive. But that has always been, what I love about like a truly good festival is that the whole entire thing is like a crazy a journey to get there, and once you're there, you're like I'm here, and you get a get escape. I'm not saying we're into escapism because it's not like we're there to talk about real solutions and figure out stuff together in a harmonious way, but you get like you're saying you're awesome. So you get to escape like the the nine to five grind of social media and all that. And you're kind of in like a vortex of all of this beautiful energy where you can sort of be in a village for four days and experience as Eileen McCusick said, this is the future village I want to live in when she was there last year. She says, can we make this just like our everyday reality always, <laughs> you for know? Real. Yep. And I think that's how humans are designed to live. Um, and we talked about that in the last music, in the sky. Like, what is the, the top number you should have in your community? Right. Like, then you say it's like 500 and less, like indigenous tribes
1: kind of your community that or, out. Your,
3: or your cults. Well, are you going <laughs> to join our cult? Uh, we have a secret handshake. And uh, yeah, no, we have gotten that. But so that's funny because we're actually, the goal is after this event, we're decentralizing, we've got an uh, an online platform. Or that's been up for a while now and we're we're gonna be working on that more. But the idea is if we've gotten a, a lot of questions like, Hey, I want to have this in my neck of the woods here in Missouri, or Kelly Brogan really wants to do one down in Miami. So we're setting up after into COVID and this music in Sky, and I have a little more time. We're gonna have an online course if you're into event production and wanted to learn how we do this. Cause collaborative, or excuse me, collectively, Matt, Owen, and I probably have 40 years of event experience together. I've been doing events for 20 years, Matt and Owen the same. So we have a lot of knowledge. That's probably what I do best is events. So we are going to put that into a course that you can take on our site. We're free. Take the course. And you, if you graduate, you become a Music in the Sky official event producer. Then you can use all the resources on our site all the event producers and everyone, the musicians, that and the ability to sell tickets and everything and to do a Music in Sky partnered event in your neck of the woods. We will work with you on that and we will create that because quite frankly, this needs to go all over the place. This micro festival or micro gathering idea like this, the way we do it, and we don't have the ability to do it ourselves. We want to decentralize it and have everyone else take take a role in being able to you know, enjoy the prosperity from it, the abundance from it, and also take this to your neighborhood. Take outside of California, because a lot of people can't make it to California. Well, frankly, a lot of people don't want to come to California anymore. Just Same, so, bro. I think I think Playa like Del Carmen will be a great
0: spot for a Music and Sky festival. Dude,
3: that would be amazing. That would be rad. As oh, long as damn, it's, once again, remote, you know, like has that aesthetic, because that's really important, right? If it's just like right outside the city, I don't know if it's Music and Sky. But yeah, I know that that is uh would be amazing count me in i am there <laughs> I,
1: I love i love the micro festival in that sense cuz i'm not into yeah. like thousands and thousands of people i've never been into that i don't like going me into big either. stadiums and to be able to connect with like 150 200 300 people is just so cool man i loved it i i come back like refreshed and re-energized and rejuvenated because you have again you talk about a cult before, Joel. It's Like it's not. It's like individuals that come together because we are social beings at the end of the day. But when we honor each other, that's the way to do it, man. I'm not trying to force you to be any certain way. You're not trying to force me. We just connect with one another. And if we're aligned, we're aligned. And I, I, I love it, man. I can't wait. It's a couple months away. It's going to be awesome. Anyone who's in California, anyone who's who's um you know close to California or not, wants to take a road trip or take a flight, just come out. It's gonna be so much fun. You get to hang out with us. Yeah.
3: August 18th through the 21st, you can go join the musicandsky.com platform for as little as a dollar a month. It's our own decentralized platform on our site. And then you can like start meeting people that are coming, figuring out carpooling, all of that. Uh, and we designed that on purpose because the one thing we found as your is kind of alluding to is lifelong friendships are made at this event because you're, you're finding people that are one, have a lot in common with you. They're free thinkers typically. and, and, Uh, are the more fringes many times of the way we think. Um, And you have this intensive, like immersive experience and it's very personalized and people go through a lot of emotions at these and you're sharing these moments with these folks and you become really close. And then you leave and you're like, oh, no, I, I want to like continue this, right? And now you live across the country. So this pl- platform, the idea is allows you to stay connected and you can create your own groups and, and have private DMs and, all, and you're off the Facebook, Twitter. You're not in that Panopticon, right? So uh, I think that's what's exciting about where we're going with Music and Sky is the vision of decentralization. But yeah, it's uh, August 18th to the 21st in Cuyama Valley, which is east of Santa Barbara in this beautiful valley in Central California. It's remote. Uh, you can fly into like Bakersfield, I believe is the closest or, uh, you know, Burbank or LAX. Uh, and yeah, come out, man. Uh, we've got Kelly Brogan uh, speaking this year. Dr. Bear Lando is going to do a keynote around the Grand Fire. Uh, some other surprises on the way. Zuby's performing. Um yeah, it's Alex Zek is going to be doing an awesome talk. Fuck uh that guy. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. And then you're awesome. Husband, Sophie, it's going to be like your third, third go at presenting. Uh, and you guys are always a hit there. And you're you're definitely core fam now, music and sky fam, bro. So and if you remember, I, I actually misquoted it because I totally forgot. I thought you said it, but did I say it in the in the speakeasy? Because we have a at this event, we have a completely soundproof banging nightclub that goes till two or three in the morning maybe later but you go outside you don't hear it because like sound is off the sound is off at the latest midnight dead quiet for people to sleep very very important but inside it's going off and i came up to you and what did i say this must be what it's like to party in heaven right you're muted but yeah that Cause it was like a lot of sober people, but super high on life and like amazing dancers. (laughs) I was like, how is everybody like a professional dancer here? Yeah. The vibes were just amazing.
1: Yeah. I loved it. Check it out. Alec, anything to add, man, anything you got going on uh, with the way forward, Uh, any final messages, obviously for, for, for our crew and our audience.
2: Yeah. So uh, with the way forward. So like, this is like one of the, things with the end of COVID is that we know we're going to attract a massive amount of people to this. And somehow like there's still people who are struggling to find their local community. <clears throat> and one of the things that we're launching here actually in the next like couple weeks with the way forward. Um, and it'll definitely be ready by the time this airs and the end of COVID is a tool where you can type in your zip code and find other people near you. We also have an online marketplace where you can get access to the best possible deals available on all these various holistic health uh, products and brands and things like this. And then also have a freedom oriented and health oriented business directory. That's a little bit different than ones that exist kind of like public square in that we have a membership card that you can present upon entry to over half the businesses that gives you discount on whatever they offer to members of the way forward so it's uh it's it's a pretty cool system and it's a, just a way to help people who are meeting virtually connect in person and connect with businesses in person and stuff so that's that's what we're doing with the way forward
0: awesome guys so good to have you here once again um so awesome to chat about the end of covid and excited for that launching on July 11 for everything, um, to everyone listening, for everything that these guys mentioned, um, you know, I'm going to drop links in the brief wherever you're consuming this podcast, uh, to go register and, and check that stuff out for sure. And we highly encourage you to do so, guys. Thank you for all you do. Thanks for being here. And until next time, thanks. Much, love. Peace love you guys, love you too, bro. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean, fast forward in evolution
2: to a place where we can share that confusion. Yeah, 450 BC, I'm sharing tea with con-